Hey, I, I want to, uh, before we get going this morning, though, uh, call your attention to one thing, and that is next Sunday uh, is kind of a big Sunday for us. And we're going to be uh, revealing uh, some things as far as where we believe the Lord is leading us as a church, uh, some plans for our facility that have been almost two years in the making that has involved uh, well over a hundred of you. And uh, we're excited to, to talk about it and invite everyone to be a part of it. And then we're going to take the next few months really to pray and to seek Jesus and consider uh, what he has for us as a church. And um, there's many of us who we've been working on this for a long time. And so it's, it's in our heart. We, we're fired up about it. For some of you, it'll, it'll be somewhat new. And so we're going to take time all through uh, the beginning of next year of 2017 to talk about it, to, to chase Jesus together in it. And you should have, if you haven't yet, you'll get it maybe tomorrow in the mail, a newsletter. And when you get this, be sure and read it this week. It's called the 30 for 30 journey. Make sure and read it. That's the, that's the journey we're heading on. If you never get a mailing from the church, like, a, like in the mail, in the physical mail, snail mail, and you want to, we'd love to include you on this. Uh, just fill out your Connect card this morning and make a note, put your address and make a note, hey, we, we want the newsletter. And then we'll make sure and get it to you. Or if your address has changed and you haven't gotten one in a while. Um, but be sure to check this out this week. There's, there's a lot of excitement. I've already talked to, to many of you about it. And I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know if you can tell. But I'm fired up about what the Lord's doing and I think where we're heading as a church family and, and what he can do in us and through us. So encourage you. I know it's a holiday weekend, but to be here next Sunday so you can be a part of that and learn about that and be on the same page with all of us. And if you know others who aren't here, bring them along and um, we'll lay all of that out. And uh, would you be praying too? There's a couple things in here to pray for. One is that... Uh, uh, that we thank Jesus for all that he's done in our church over, this is our, we, we just celebrated 30 years a couple months ago, that we thank Jesus for all that he's done over the last 30 years. Start making a list because what's going to happen is we're going to actually have something out in uh, the, the lobby where you can post your list of what you're thankful for that the Lord has done. And then we're going to have another list right by it, what we would dream and trust God for. So that's the other thing. One, thank him. And then two, ask him. Ask him to do something big. Ask him like a child. Lord, what would you do here in our church? What's something that only you can do that you would do? And how would you have me be a part of it? Sound good? Well, hey, we're talking about prayer. And we, we've talked a few things about it, or a few weeks about it, excuse me. Uh, and first we talked about the fact that if I'm really going to pray to my good dad, I need to learn to pray like a child. I need to become like a child again. When Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, the first thing he says, here's how you address your God. Uh, you say, our father. Do you know you have a good father, a good dad who loves you and longs to hear from you and have a relationship with you? Even if your earthly dad was no good, you have a heavenly dad who is good and loves you and longs to hear from you. Approach him like a child with faith. Trust him like a child. See, what happens is the second week we talked about the fact that as we grow older, we get cynical. We quit trusting people. We start to question their motivations. And we go, I don't, I mean, maybe even as I'm talking about the whole 30 for 30 journey, right? Maybe in your heart you're going, I don't know about this. I just think that's a crazy idea. Why do you really want to, we get cynical, don't we? Instead, we need to trust the Lord like a child would, with great faith. Uh, ask like a child, then we talked about. Would you ask him like a child does? 
Ask him knowing he's powerful to do anything and that he loves you personally, that he's never too busy to be interrupted by you in prayer. And then last week we talked about the fact that it's important for us to pray within the story, knowing that God is personal and powerful. He's writing a story that's bigger than me. He's powerful. He can do it. Yes, he can. But sometimes when he chooses something different than what I ask, I got to remember, I'm just a small player in his big story. And he may have better plans than my plans. Well, he does have better plans than my plans. And so we need to pray in light of that and trust him for that. But also knowing he's still very personal. He still cares about every detail of your life. Well, this morning, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4 together. And uh, what we're going to do today is I really want to try to dial in on what are some really practical ways to pray. Enough of the philosophical, pray like a child, be like a child. Okay, how about the how, Josh? Give me, give me something tangible to, to put my hands on and actually do this. And so that's, we're going to explore a couple ideas today. There's, there's many more than what I'm going to share with you. And maybe you have some that you would share with your 110 group. But that, that's where we're headed today. So with that in mind, let's pray. And ask the Lord to teach us and to help us. And uh, then we'll dive into Philippians chapter 4 together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that because of him you hear us. That Yeah, you're powerful. You created, you spoke, and everything came into existence. Um, but you're also incredibly personal. You care about the tiniest details of my life. You long to hear from me. You long for me to trust you. And to follow you, even when I may not feel like it. Lord, would you remind us of those truths today as we just look at some practical ways to pray and grow our relationship with you? Um, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you hear me and that you use me. I pray that you would speak to and through me today as I teach. Um, that you speak to us through your word, too, as we, uh, we dive into your word together. Bring things to mind that would change us. I pray against the enemy. He would love to stifle our conversation with you and our relationship. I I pray against him, his servants, their works and effects. Instead, Holy Spirit, would you change us today? Let us know of your care for us and uh, let us come running to you in faith. We love you. Thanks for Jesus. We pray all of this through him. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. It's the end of the book of Philippians. And Paul's writing to a church that he helped plant and these are some of his closing words to this church. We, we studied this book last summer, summer of 2015. Uh, but let's read this together. Paul writes this as he's closing. He says, so rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This is the word of the Lord. 
So this morning, what I want to do is I want to take kind of the center exhortation of this passage, and we're going to circle back through and look at it together. Uh, but I want to use that as an outline for, our, for the message today. And there's a guide for us in terms of, of praying to God. Specifically, verse 6. Look at verse 6 with me again. He says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's start first there. He says, In everything, by prayer. By prayer. So let's talk about uh, prayer. Now, when he says prayer and supplication, it can be translated uh, prayer and petition. It can be translated just in all your prayers. I think he's, he's looping those two things together, but I'm going to kind of separate them a little bit today for the, for the sake of our outline to say, when we talk about prayer, let's just think in terms of, of everyday communication with God, of everyday communication with him. Now, I told you at the very beginning of this series that really prayer at its basic level is simply that. It's simply talking to God. It's having a conversation with God. And so if it's a conversation, that means um, it's not just one-sided, is it? It's, It's not just me talking to God, but I need to hear from God. I mean, think about every good relationship you have. If I'm going to build a relationship with God through prayer... I need to not be the one doing all the talking. I need to listen, to hear from him. If, if in my marriage I was the only one who talked when I got home and I never shut up to listen, how, how do you suppose that would go? Or, or I got home and uh, maybe I... Uh, you, you know, there's some helpful things in, 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 in prayer, right? Like sometimes you hear the acronym PRAY, Right? Or, or maybe acts. There's adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Um, uh, or, is that right? Am I getting those right? I'll, I'll do the pray one because I know that better. Uh, <laughs> praise, uh, repent, ask, and yield. Kind of as an acronym to think of a way to pray. But think if I did that with Hannah every time I came home. First, I just praised her for a while. Okay, she's okay with that. And then, then I repented of everything. I didn't take out the trash today. I forgot to do this. Sorry about that. And then, then I just went right in to start asking her about stuff. Hey, uh, so what's for dinner tonight? What are, what are we doing this weekend? Are there plans? Can you, do I still need to watch Charlie on Friday? And then uh, I, just, I just went through this. I mean, after about two nights of that, she'd be rolling her eyes at me, wouldn't she? It, she would. <laughs> That'd be it. Because I'm, doing the, I'm the one doing all the talking. In a relationship, I've got to stop and listen. It goes the same with your relationship with the Lord. Let me ask you, has God ever spoken to you? You're like, okay, Josh, now you're getting weird. I'm serious. Has he ever spoken to you? Let me ask you, does he really still speak? If not, why do we speak to him? Why do we pray to him if we don't expect him to speak to us in return? Friends, I'm here to tell you God does still speak. And he speaks in a handful of ways. He speaks primarily through his word, through scripture. He also speaks through the wise counsel of fellow believers, in your, like in your 110 group, for example, or in your marriage. Through the providence, his providence, either bestowed or withheld, he speaks. Through, in other words, through circumstance at times. Opportunities, closed doors through the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that feeling in your gut is the Lord speaking to you. 
Now you need to test it and say, okay, is this in line with scripture? And maybe I ask some other people to find out so I'm not foolish. But sometimes he brings, uh, brings things to mind or into your gut and you just know that's what he would have you do. God is always speaking, but you need to know it's always consistent with his written word. It always is. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He said, God is forever seeking to speak himself out to his creation. He's always speaking, in other words. He is, by his very nature, continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. You're like, God's never spoken to me, Josh. Well, what have you been trying to hear? See, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 that even through creation, God speaks. The psalmist tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. They declare it. God is always speaking. Are you listening? Do you have ears to hear what he might say to you? See, hearing from God um, is the start of prayer. Too often we come to him with these specific expectations, with our own agenda. Now, is it wrong for you to rush into God's presence at any time with a bunch of requests? Is that wrong? No. But make sure you're taking time to hear from him, too. Um, Approach him like a child with respect for your dad, but, but be willing to ask him anything, but then listen to him when he speaks. Be sure to listen when he speaks. Um, think about this. A servant listens to his master. Why? It, what, what I'm trying to say is that when you listen to God, listen not just for your benefit, but for his benefit. Why, why, does, a, why does a servant listen to their master? Is it for their good or for their master's good? Really, it's for their master's good, Right? Because they're there to serve them. So if I'm going to listen to my master, I'm going to listen to Jesus, I'm going to do it for his will. That's the Lord's prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom come. And I'm listening for him. Now, does that benefit me? Yeah. It's for God's glory, for others' good, and for my joy. But ultimately, I'm listening. i got to listen for him. What What would he have me do? What's in line with his word, with his will? And... The problem with consistently praying is sometimes I'm just not listening. So the first thing I want to talk about when we talk about prayer and this everyday conversation is what does it look like to listen to God in prayer? What does that look like? And I would commend to you that it begins with letting God start the conversation. Now, at times you're going you're gonna to rush into God's presence. You're going to pray. That's great. But in terms of your consistent prayer time, if you're going to set some time aside each day, each morning... Can I encourage you to, to hear from God first? Well, how would I do that, Josh? Well, he, he's written a book. God wrote it all down. We believe that, right? Amen? So, so let's listen to him first. Let's hear from him, from his word. Let God start the conversation. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, now I'm, first I was convicted because I don't pray enough. Now I'm even more convicted because I don't read God's word enough. And I think about it and I go, oh man, it's hard for me to set that time aside to get up and to read or to get up and to pray. And I just, I'm starting to feel this guilt now. And in some ways, rightly so, but in other ways, um, I got to think about it differently because oftentimes it's a quest that's just filled with failure. You ever done this? You ever started out your year and you're like, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. And you make it till about January 3rd. And you're like, oh, I'll pick up, I'll do two days tomorrow. And then uh, you do okay, you catch up, and then a couple weeks later, you're like, I'm a week behind. I've got to read, like, all of Leviticus today. 
if I'm going to stick with this. <laughs> you ever do that? Just me? It, it's hard, isn't it? Well, maybe what you need to start thinking, and I'm going to give you an example here of maybe how to do this, is um, not worry so much about reading for distance when you read God's word, but read for depth. Read for depth, not necessarily distance. Um, try to learn from him. What, what would he have you, what would he tell you specifically? And here, here's why this helps when I let God start the conversation. You know, oftentimes I come to God with, with all of these requests and that's good. He tells us to do that. He tells us to, Right. But if I don't stop to listen, if I, if, I go, if I let God start the conversation, I'm listening first. And then I'm responding. So that way when I read his word, um, prayer becomes a response to what God wants to talk about. If he speaks words of correction in his word, then I respond with confession and apology and repentance. If, if he speaks words of comfort, I respond with thankfulness. If he speaks a word of instruction, then I respond with submission. If he speaks a word of hope, I respond with praise and joy. And it's this response to God. And what you're going to find is if you can start to pray like this, if you're looking for a practical way to start praying, uh, maybe you would start with just a small passage of Scripture and read it. And I'm going to take you through an exercise here of how you might think about praying through a passage and responding to God in prayer, letting him start the conversation. Because maybe you start praying, you're like, I don't even know what to pray about. I find myself just repeating myself or I find myself wandering off in different directions. And I said that a few weeks ago, right? Like I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about the Cubs or I'm doing good. And I'm thinking about what I'm, what am I going to have for lunch tomorrow? What am I going to get? And your mind wanders. Well, maybe we let God start the conversation. Um, And when I say read for depth and not for distance, think about almost like you're making tea. you're the water and God's word is the tea. It's, it's the diffuser that comes down into the water and, and changes you. Now, this isn't some new age mystic thing, right? This is just letting God's word, as Colossians would say, dwell in you richly. And so here's the metaphor I want to use with this today. And then we're going to do it together through Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Are you with me? Uh, I want to talk about, and I, I used to share this with our students. Um, and I don't know if I've ever done it in the... In the for the entire church or not, but, but we're going to do it today. So if I've done it before, then you get it again. So, but I want you to think of it like a drive through the word. Now imagine that we live on the coast or you're just on vacation on the coast. You ever been uh, uh, out on the coast somewhere where it's just gorgeous and beautiful and some of these really scenic roads that wind along the ocean. Now just slow down for a second. Okay. Now imagine yourself, uh, you're out on vacation and uh, it's a fully paid vacation. You want it on the prices right or something. I don't know. But you got, you got this full vacation, totally free, and you get to go rent any car you want. So pick out what car. You know, you, you got the, the sweet maybe BMW Roadster with the top down. It's a beautiful day, Southern California. You're driving along. That's the metaphor I want you to think about as we talk about reading through God's word. Now, if you're going to go for that drive, uh, you've got the cars. Assume you've got all that stuff, right? Uh, But the first thing, what do you need to make sure is in the car? Gas. So here's here's the pattern. Here's where we're going to go. First, you've got to fill the tank. 
you got to fill the tank with gas, right? you got to make sure that you're fueled up, that you're ready to go. So even though I said, yeah, we're going to let God start the conversation, in a certain sense, we're going to go to him first, and we're going to say, uh, Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you. Would, you. would you speak to me today in your word? It, it's just simple. Lord, would you teach me today? Good morning, Lord. Talk to me. Really simple. It's just, maybe it's just good morning. And then you open up his word. Now, if, I, if I've got the roadster, right? I've got it filled up with gas. I'm ready to roll. Uh, next, I've got to get out a map. I've got I to choose what road I'm going to go on. I've got to choose my road. And uh, I don't really know anything about Southern California, so I'm going to look at a map. I might ask some people, and I, fi- I find this sweet road right down the coast, and I'm choosing my road. So the second thing you need to do is be deliberate. Where are you, where are you going to read today? Where are you going to hear from God? Are you going to open up to the Psalms? Maybe this month, every day, you're going to open up to a certain psalm. Or you're going to read through uh, one of God, one of Paul's letters, like Philippians, like we're going to do here in a moment. But choose it. Don't just, don't just willy-nilly flip open. Now, sometimes that's not that the Holy Spirit can't use that. He can. God's word, all of God's word is profitable. But I, I always tell you the joke, right, of the guy who's, who's struggling with depression. And so he's like, all right, here we go. And he opens up the word, and he lands on, uh, and Judas hung himself. That's not helpful. Let me try again. And he opens up again and he lands and he says, Jesus says, now go and do likewise. Bad idea. <laughs> Don't read out of context. Be deliberate. Choose your road. Otherwise you're going to get lost and this isn't going to be helpful for you. That's the idea. Choose your road. Okay. So, so make a choice. Choose your road. The next thing that you're going to need to do, uh, you're going to take off down the road. But ev- even though you're in the road, sir, gun it for a little bit. That's fine. But then slow down. Slow down. Enjoy the beauty of your surroundings. So what do I mean by that? Well, you're going to, we're going to be in Philippians chapter four, verses four through eight here in a moment when we do this. And so, so when I think about that passage, when I say slow down, what are the verses surrounding it? Um, I look at the beginning of chapter four and I see Paul correcting some women who are arguing with each other. And he's giving final instructions to a church that he helped plant. Where's he writing from? Oh, he's probably in prison. What? And I look at the surrounding context. I look at everything surrounding it. I just slow down. Maybe I notice a phrase that really stands out to me. And maybe as you're driving up the coast, you come to a really pretty spot. And at that spot, you can pull your car off and get out of the car at this little scenic viewpoint. See, when you slow down, if you're going too fast, you're going to miss it. There's no way you can get over in time to stop. So when you go slowly through God's word, you read for depth, not for distance. You can pull over, you can slow down, and now I can zero in on a small phrase. And so, for example, like let the word of Christ dwell, if we were in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Maybe I read that phrase a few times and I just stop and look at it and think about it and pray about it. Let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in me. I mean, and as you, even if you just emphasize different words as you go through it, Lord, what, what is it? And then the next thing you're going to do, if uh, years ago when I taught this to our students, um, and this comes from a book, by the way, that's really helpful called The Way of a Worshipper by a guy named Buddy Owen. I think it's out of print, but you can borrow mine if you want to, uh, about 20 years old. And uh, the way I teach it is then you get over and you take out your camera and you take a picture of it. You wouldn't do that anymore. What would you do today? 
Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Ryan. You, was that Ryan? Yeah, you take, your, you take your phone, right? And you take a selfie. You'd take a selfie there, wouldn't you? Maybe you'd make a duck face and take a selfie. So that's, what you know, that's, what, that's what's next is you're going to get out of the car. You're going to slow down. You're going to take a selfie. What do I mean by that? Well, you're going to say, how do I look like? What, or what do I look like? How do I look with this as a background of my life? Um, how do I look in light of how God would have me live? Is there words of correction here that I need to hear? Are there words of encouragement here that I need to hear? What do I look like in light of God's word right here where I've slowed down? Let the word of Christ dwell in me. Am am I really letting it dwell? Or am I just zooming by it on a Sunday morning and that's it? Slow down. Take a picture of yourself. God's word is a light and a mirror, right? It's a light to our souls and it's a mirror to us. So as the light shines... What do you see in the mirror? What do you see in the mirror? And then finally, now we get to the prayer piece. I take my selfie and I text it to my dad. I send it home to my father. And I respond to him based on what he's said to me. Do you get it? I respond to him. I say, Lord, I, I don't do good at letting your word dwell in me. Especially not richly. Would you, would you help me with that? How do I slow, Lord, how do I slow down to do this? And see, I've let God start the conversation through his word. And now I'm responding to him based on what he started telling me. And so now all of a sudden, you know what? I'll still get to my prayer request. I'll still get to my list, right? But all of a sudden now that's filtered through uh, what God said to me first. And suddenly some of my requests maybe change a little bit. So let's try this together in Philippians chapter 4. First, let's fill our tank. Let's pray. Okay? Uh, Holy Spirit, thanks for a good day, for a good morning, and uh, that we can be here. And Thanks for your word. Um, would you teach us from your word how to pray and how to be um, more like your son, Jesus? Thanks, Lord. And we would choose our road. I've already done that for you with Philippians chapter 4. So let's start down the road. We've already already looked at it and over. We've read through this whole passage, so let's just take it kind of slow. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, Paul says, I will say rejoice. Maybe I'm just going to pull over for a second right there. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. Do I, do I have a lot of joy in my life? Do people know me as a guy of joy? Always? The truth is, I know when I'm stressed out, I'm not very joyful. I can be kind of short with people. By the way, I didn't prepare any notes for this. I just have the passage here, so I'm literally thinking of some of these things as I go. Um, what about you? What about when it says Always. Always. So when I'm behind that really slow guy and I'm late for my appointment on 15, on my way to Goshen, I'm I'm supposed to rejoice then? I'll rejoice with my horn. (laughs) Always, always. Hmm. Do Do you think he really means that? 
Again, I will say, Paul says. I guess he does. Rejoice. So we slow down. Then he says, let your, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Um, from what I remember, this passage, reasonableness can mean uh, let your gentleness, let your humility be known to everyone. It's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Um, Paul's saying, let it be known to everyone. Be famous for being humble. <laughs> Think about that. As soon as I try to be famous, I'm not humble anymore. He's, he's like, let everyone know how reasonable you are. Do they know that about me? The Lord is at hand. He's the one paying attention. Again, we're just cruising. We're going slow. Uh, here's maybe one to pull off. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. I, Randy ducked in my office this morning. I don't know where he's at. He's sitting around here somewhere. There he is in the back. And uh, he grabbed something out of my office for someone. And I was kind of going over my thoughts for the day. And he says, how are you doing this morning? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of anxious. <laughs> he said, okay, I'll pray for you. And I was, I was just, I'm just anxious today. I don't know why. And uh, don't be anxious. If I pull over and take a selfie there, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Um, if I take the selfie of myself in light of this passage, you know what I see? I'm anxious about a lot of things. I'm anxious about next Sunday and sharing these plans that we've been working on for a long time because what if uh, everybody comes back and says, that's the stupidest thing we've ever seen, Josh. I'm anxious if we say, hey, we're going to get into a big project and everybody goes, I don't, I don't want to give towards that. That makes me anxious. I'm anxious about getting up here this morning with no real notes other than this passage and going, um, really, Josh, what are you going to say? <laughs> you ought to write something down. But no, I really wanted to just kind of do this with you today. Don't be anxious. And then you know what I do? Then I stop and I pray. I send that selfie back to the Father and I say, Lord, I'm anxious today. I prayed that this morning as I was coming up, as Robin was praying. Robin, I was paying attention, but not a lot. I was praying for help because I was anxious. So he says, don't be anxious, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Hmm. So don't be anxious about anything. Don't, don't let all my thoughts um, and all my emotion and, and all my energy be tied into being anxious. Because that's where that happens, right? And you ever have anxiety and you just you feel it, like your heart starts beating a little bit. You, for me, I start patterns of thinking that aren't healthy. I, I get kind of down. I get frustrated. Um, don't put your energy into that, Josh. But in everything, put your energy into prayer. Talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Be thankful for everything, as seems to be what Paul's saying. Let, let your requests be made known to God. Let's keep driving here. And the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, so if I do that, 
God's word promises that his peace will overcome me. Now, does that mean that um, I'm never going to be anxious again? That the thing I'm anxious about is just magically resolved? (laughs) That the storm has disappeared? No, it just means the storm isn't in my heart anymore. I have peace. You ever ever experienced that? It's true, isn't it? And then finally, there's a good word. Talking about my thoughts being anxious this morning. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If I stop there and I take a selfie, you know what I do? I see that my thoughts go into things that aren't honorable, that aren't just, that aren't pure or lovely or commendable, but that cause anxiety or that are flat out sinful. And I need to repent of my stinking thinking and trust the Lord and think about things that are pure because it changes me. And I respond to God in prayer on those things. See, when I do that, I'm reading for depth and not for distance, aren't I? I'm not concerned with getting through uh, five chapters today so that I can stay on schedule. Now, if you want to do that, that's great. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying if, if you're like me and that's a struggle, maybe you would just slow down and try it this way and realize that really reading God's word and prayer are two sides of the same conversation. Is that helpful? Maybe you think about that this week. You'd, you'd sit down, choose your road. Maybe it's just a short journey. You don't need to worry about spending 20, 30, 40 minutes in prayer. Uh, we were just at it uh, for about 10 to 15 there. Did it seem like that? What happens is, as you start down these roads, the, the five minutes turns into 20, turns into 30. And before you know it, you've, you've spent an hour with the Lord. You didn't even realize it. Let him start the conversation. Read for depth, not for distance. Take that drive and respond to him. There's other ways to go about it. That's been helpful for me. So I thought I'd pass it on. Maybe that's helpful for you because I want to talk some practical helps today. That's helpful for me in my everyday conversation. How about uh, the next part? Not just by prayer, but by supplication. Is that a word you use often? How many times have you used that word this week? I haven't. I've used it more today than I have in the last month. Um, You know what it means, though? It just means petition. Your translation might say petition. By prayer and petition. In other words, uh, to ask. To ask. Now, how do I go about asking God? Um, Sometimes maybe you've, you've kept a prayer list. You ever done that? I've tried that at different times, and I'll have a list of things to pray for. And check them off each day. My Bible software actually even. And a lot of free, there's a lot of free apps you can get to track prayer requests. Uh, one is called Echo. Looks, uh, I downloaded it. I didn't get a chance to use it yet. But it's highly recommended. Looks really good. And uh, will actually remind you of times to pray and different things like that. That's helpful to track requests and to track answers. Um, may, maybe you just have a list in, uh, on a piece of paper or uh, in some piece of software on your computer. But after hearing from God, do you ask him? Do you petition him? I mean, regularly. 
So when I hear petition, that, that starts to make me think, okay, it's not just a one-time ask. Sometimes I just need to ask him a handful of times, Lord, change my heart about this. Lord, do this. Please do this. Would you change me in this way? Do you petition him? Well, I, I told you that a lot of the outline for this series came from a book called A Praying Life, right, by a guy named Paul Miller. And the reason this has been helpful for me is he talks about using um, I don't know how old the book is, six, seven years old, something like that. But he talks about using prayer cards. And there's a handful of ways you can do this. You can, you can take like a three-by-five card and write some things out. You can do it in, in different software, Evernote. If those of you guys who are techie, Evernote's a good place to keep notes and things like that. But here's what he talks about doing. And I think it's helpful, and I'll, I'll show you an example. He talks about taking a card, and uh, maybe you have a small stack of three-by-five cards, and you would write on them maybe a person. So you might have three or four for people in your family. Uh, maybe you would write about a topic. Maybe you'd have one that was for people who are suffering. And you would uh, just people who are suffering. You realize when, you, when I pray for people who are suffering, suddenly my heart is drawn towards them. And I don't feel like a fake when I ask them, hey, how are you really doing? Because I've been praying for them. Um, maybe it's uh, for your country. Maybe it's for your leadership. Maybe it's for people in your 110 group. Uh, maybe you have a card for uh, uh, your neighbors. Maybe it's a card uh, for your coworkers. Uh, sometimes they can be really broad things. Sometimes they can be small things. But maybe you've got a stack of 15 to 20 index cards like this. And he gives an example, and I'm giving you an example for me here, and I'll show you here on the screen of the card that I'm holding. And this would be for my son, Charlie. So I've got Charlie's name written on the top. And then the next thing you might write, uh, by the way, if you look in the pew rack in front of you, there's a bunch of little white index cards. Maybe you take one and get started on this today. If there's not there, then all the kids drew pictures. And sometimes I get pictures in the offering from little kids. And so we'll try to restock it. But if there is, grab one. There's some there if you want to. But for example, for Charlie, and then uh, maybe... You'd pick out a verse for that situation, for that person. Uh, so for Charlie, one of my big prayers for him is that, uh, that he'd grow up to be a glad little boy, joyful, that um, just genuinely happy. You know what I mean? Um, and it seems to be the case in his personality. That's, that's what we prayed for when he was dedicated. And uh, that's just my heart for him. I, just want, I hope he's joyful. As somebody who's, who's, for me, I've struggled more with on the side of depression and things like that. And if he can avoid that, I'm praying he does. So Psalm 86, four is a verse I pray for him. Gladden the soul of your servant for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Psalm 16, eight and nine, I've written there too, because that's a similar passage. Uh, but just that God would gladden Charlie's heart, that he would lift up his heart to the Lord, maybe at a young age. And I have just a handful of things jotted down that I pray for him. I pray that he's joyful. I've told you that already. Pray for his health, um, his physical health, his mental and emotional health, his spiritual health. Pray for his friendship, um, future friendships. I, I'm hoping that, that Charlie and I are good friends. I want to be his dad, but I want to be a good friend to him. So I don't get to the end of my life and go, What happened? I want to be a friend to my son. I want him to have friend, friendship, good friends with other, be good friends with other people. So already praying that the Lord would give him good friends. 
And here's, here's one that's in my mind right now, because Charlie's at that age where uh, you, you see his will coming out and his personality, which are good and terrible things. The will, part, the will side. Personality is great, but the will side is, is great. He's strong-willed, but boy, you're right on the edge. He doesn't quite understand what no means yet, but there's days that he does. I mean, you just, you just see it, right? Those of you who are parents, you've seen that transition happen in your kids. So how do I train him? How do I discipline him? And how do I do it with grace? I wrote Ephesians 6, 4 there. I don't, Paul tells, he says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Don't, don't give them cause to be angry. So how do I discipline him in such a way that he knows it's gracious and that I love him and that I'm not just nitpicking to where he becomes angry with me? I've seen far too many people who they hold grudges against their parents because they exasperated them. And then I wrote this, help me to know and guide him. Help me to know what he's interested in, what he's good at. I don't want to force my interests on him. I really want to know him. How did God shape him? Um, And then champion those things in his life. And be wind behind his sails that, that sends him in those directions, the way the Lord designed him. So maybe what you do if you have cards like this, you've got a stack is after your time, maybe you'd, you'd take time uh, letting God start the conversation. Then you just look at each one and you'd cycle through it and think about it. And maybe you would take time right then just to pray about some of these things. But maybe you just review it. And so it's always on your mind. And so as you go through the day, um, maybe you'd memorize some scripture here too. You probably wouldn't change these very often, maybe a couple times a year at the most. And, and I'm praying these things and praying these things, and, and it's just in the front of my mind of things that I'm asking God for. Some days I'll stop and pray for him. Other days I just think about him and remember, this is what I'm praying for Charlie. Maybe you do that. Start some prayer cards or a prayer list like that. Whatever's helpful for you. There's no right way to do it, right? It's just how does it work for you? What's helpful? And that, that's my goal today is just to give you some practical helps. Uh, another thing I wrote on your insert is just a journal. Maybe you, maybe you a journal. Um, I go back and forth. I, I'll, I'll go weeks where I, I journal a lot on my computer, and then I won't for weeks or months. But as I go back and I look back at some of the requests I have in my prayer journal, I see how God is changing me, changing my heart, changing what I'm asking, changing other people, changing our church. It's good stuff. Maybe you'd do that just to track those things. Find something, though, where you're tracking your requests to God, where you write it down, where it's not just all fuzzy in my head. But the reason why is because that's encouraging then to ask him for more when you start to see him answer. Amen? I mean, praying for Charlie to be joyful. I'm already seeing he's a joyful little guy. Now, if you don't know him, he's going to stare at you and look at you, and you're going to think, man, he doesn't like me. But when, you, when he gets jabbering and he's, he's just happy, I'm so thankful for that. That's a prayer God's answering already. So track those things. And then finally, uh, with thanksgiving, Paul says to to let your requests be made in in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thankfulness um, is the attitude of my heart. And really that, that permeates both of those first two of just my everyday conversation and my requests. Well, Maybe as I'm, I'm, if I'm using that exercise of driving through the word and I come across a spot where 
uh, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Lord, thanks for your peace. Like right now, after being done with that, that I was anxious about this morning, I can say, Lord, thanks for helping me. And even if it was terrible, thanks that it's over. I don't have to be anxious anymore. Thankfulness. And then your requests. I'm, I'm thankful for, for what the Lord's doing. Are you thankful for everything? For suffering? For hurts? Thankfulness is an attitude of my heart that's the opposite of an attitude of complaint. If I have an attitude of complaint, I'm accusing God. I'm waving my finger at him. And when I'm thankful, I go, Lord, I don't get it. But I'm thankful that you're up to something and that you still care, even if I don't see it. Are you thankful? Well, let me pray. Um, I just wanted to give you a couple of hands-on, just practical things that hopefully are helpful for you today. And then maybe you take those. Maybe you have others that you would share with me. Um, I'm learning on this too, right? And, and let's learn to pray together because here's the deal. Uh, when we talk about a 30 for 30 journey, you're going to hear about this next Sunday. But what we're saying is God's been faithful to our church and we're really thankful for that for 30 years. So what can we do to make sure that the faith and sacrifice and investment of those last 30 years goes on for at least another 30? So that all the kids down there at that end get to have the same experience in 30 years of renewing those things. And prayer is going to be a big part of it. A lot of prayer in thanking God and a lot of prayer in asking him. And... Uh, so we're going to be learning to pray together over the next few months. Amen? All right, listen, let me pray. We'll sing. Uh, we're going to take communion together and uh, take our offering and then call it a morning. Father, thanks for Jesus. Thanks that you hear us and that you love us um, and that you care about small details of our lives. Thanks that uh, you, you speak to us primarily through your word, but also in other ways through other people and through uh, circumstances and would you remind us to be listening, to be paying attention to what you would say to us? Uh, not just to barge in and do all the talking, but, but to slow down and listen to you. To develop that relationship with you. And then, Lord, would you remind us and help us to find ways where we can track your faithfulness to us? Uh, to track uh, our requests and the way that we ask and petition you so that we would see your faithfulness over time. And Lord, help us help our hearts to be thankful. We are thankful. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through his name that we pray all of these things. Amen.